0: take a few moments to stand up, step out. Wait, unless you're Reed. All right, don't walk anywhere. If you need to greet Reed, who just had his hip replaced on Friday, you got to come to him. So let's go ahead and uh, stand up, uh, shake hands, welcome each other to our service this morning.
1: to Well good morning. It's great to have you with us this morning. He is risen. He Oh, that they can do a lot better than that, right? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen. He is risen indeed. A couple of announcements to share with you this morning as uh, we continue on in our service. First of all, if you're visiting this morning, we'd like to welcome you. Um, If it's your first time here, uh, we have a small gift for you. If you could go and take the visitor card on your way out, there's a little booth out there, and my wife's going to be standing out there, and she will uh, get that to you. Um, We'd like to thank everyone that came to the pie auction or donated towards that last week. Um, $2,214 came in. So, praise the Lord for that. Um, Yes. Praise the Lord. And thank you for your generosity. Um, The lilies displayed today in the sanctuary are in honor or memory of a loved one. You can see the bulletin insert. um, We thank everyone who donated a lily. Now, if you donated one, you can take it home with you today following the service. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so thankful for Resurrection Sunday. Lord, there's just something special about today when we get out of bed that we are energized and excited because you are victorious. Lord, help us to live in that victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? We continue to worship. saves Jesus saves and the
2: hush of mercy breathing Jesus saves Jesus saves hear the host of angels sing glory to the newborn King and the sound See the humblest hearts adore Him Jesus saves, Jesus saves And the wisest bow before Him Jesus saves, Jesus saves See the sky. Mary And Jesus saves And Jesus saves Cast my mind into Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds in his hands, his feet. My Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by every stone Messiah still and all Shall return in rows of white,
1: the lazy sun. in Matthew 28, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he is risen just as he said. Let's sing, Oh, praise the name. And oh, praise the
2: name of the
3: are still when striving.
2: alone, who took on flesh, and fullness of God in helpless faith,
4: this gift of love and righteousness, torn by the ones He came.
0: take your prayer list, I'll uh, make reference to a few folks that we find on here, um, some that we don't. Um, as was already mentioned, uh, Reed Lebo is with us this morning after having hip replacement this past Friday. Uh, the only thing more surprising than that, I suppose, is when Moran and Jake came with their little baby <laughs> the Sunday after he was born. But uh, it's just great to have uh, Reed with you this morning. Mary Alice Young, she also had surgery this past Friday. Um, She had a knee replaced, and she did come home yesterday. Um, So continue to pray uh, for Mary Alice as she recovers at home. Uh, Also, Kelly Ribovich's mom is having surgery this, um, on the 4th. This is the 1st, that makes it Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. So keep her mom in your prayers as well. And then also, we had uh, mentioned that our neighbor right across the street, Gladys Swaggered, last Sunday evening had fallen. And um, it was on Sunday night after prayer meeting. We were leaving. We saw the ambulance. Um, she's back home and doing well. Um, I wasn't exactly sure her age, and so I put in the uh, email that I sent 90 plus. But I had Claudia Pritchard actually uh, emailed me and said that she graduated with her father, which would put Gladys Swigert at 97 or 98. Uh, She fell backwards, but um, apparently nothing broke, um, just a little sore and bruised, but uh, back home, and for that, uh, we're just grateful uh, to the Lord. Let's come before the Lord this morning. Father, we thank you so much for... This day. Uh, Lord, we look forward to the day when we can celebrate, and it truly is a day of celebration, when we can celebrate the, our risen Lord, that Father, He came and burst forth from the grave. And Father, He sits now at your right hand, interceding on our behalf. Father, we thank you that Christianity we serve a risen Savior. Father, that he is alive today. Father, we thank you that we are given his power, that resurrection power to live a victorious life, that we, Father, have no excuses to fail, to fall. For, Father, the Spirit of God indwells us, and we have that great resource available to each of us who know Jesus as Savior. Father, my prayer this morning is is that no one leaves this sanctuary without knowing in their heart that they have trusted Christ and they are in your family. Their Their sins are forgiven. And, Father, they have a home in heaven. Father, we are grateful as well to be able to come and bring before you these folks that we have just mentioned. We do pray for Kelly's mom and pray that all things go very well with her this Wednesday. Father, we thank you for watching over Gladys in the way that you have. Lord, this could have been much worse, but Father, she's one of your children, and Father, you put a hedge around her, and we thank you for that, and we pray, Lord, that you might heal her now. And give her the strength that she needs. We know, Lord, she likes to be outside, and, Father, I miss her walking to the mailbox each day. So we pray that she will be able to get back into those normal routines that she needs to do. Father, I thank you for Reed's presence this morning. Father, we thank you for the um, quickness of him um, getting up and around, and we, we praise you for that. Lord, we've been praying for him. And we thank you for answering those prayers on his behalf. We pray that the, uh, the healing would continue to take place. Father, as he has the therapy this week, that um, that would all go well. And so we pray, Lord, and commit him to you, that you, Lord, would uh, raise him up to full strength. And for Mary Alice, Lord, again, we know that uh, she's such a part of us. Lord, she would be here today had it not been for the surgery, Uh, but we commit her to you as well, thanking you, Lord, that Friday went very well for her, that the knee was replaced and, uh, Father, she's at home, and we pray again, uh, as with Reed, Lord, that you might uh, get her up and walking very quickly and uh, restore her to the health, Lord, that she uh, so longs to have. Uh, Again, Father, we thank you for this day. This is another day that you have made, and we certainly will rejoice, and we will be glad in it. We thank you for your son and all that he has done on our behalf. Lord, he has given his very life for us. He has laid it down on behalf of mankind. Lord, he died not for himself, or the Bible says he knew no sin but he laid his life down for each of us, each of us here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of sins through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And Father, I thank you that you have brought us together. Lord, we are here because you wanted for us to be here this day. Father, you have ordained before the foundation of the world that we would be gathered together. You knew that this group of people would be here at Word of Life Chapel on April the 1st. Father, you have something in store for us, something great, something, Father, that we, we couldn't have imagined. But, Father, you're going to do a great and good work among us. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be sensitive to the working of your Spirit, that, Father, you might remove the distractions, that you might Hinder the hand of the evil one who certainly would not want for us to hear the good word of God. Certainly would not want for us to praise you with our lips. Certainly, Lord, would want to destroy our faithfulness to you. Lord, I pray in the quietness of this room as we continue this service that your spirit might have free course And be glorified. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Christ the Lord has risen today. Hallelujah. Take your hymn books and turn with me to 163. Hymn number 163. All right, here we go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right, sorry about that. You know, you you think you have everything planned, right? And I left, I thought I only have to go to the pulpit with my prayer sheet, but I needed my music, and I left it in my pew. Anyway, give us that intro again, Sarah, and we'll start right in. Let's stand. Would you stand with me, please? Christ the
3: Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Sons of
0: You may be seated. You know the Bible says that faith—it's never perfect. Faith never is. Oftentimes, faith is mixed. It's a mixture of belief and unbelief. We have a story in Mark chapter 9, and it explains that. Don't turn there, just listen. But in Mark chapter 9, the story is of a father who had a son. And the son, the Bible says, was possessed of an evil spirit. He had a demon within him. It threw him to the ground. He would go into convulsions. He foamed at the mouth. And the father comes to Jesus one day and says to Jesus, can you help us? Can you help my son? Can you do something about this? Can you touch him and heal him? And Jesus said this, all things are possible if only you believe. And I know that father very much wanted to believe that Jesus could heal his son. This was his response. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. I often feel like that. I often feel like, and I believe with all of my heart that God can do all things, that with God, nothing is impossible, but I often say, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Faith, it's never perfect. You know, after the resurrection, there was a lot of confusion. Jesus had told his disciples, that he would rise from the dead. I will rise the third day. But there was this confusion. Some were scared. Some were in deep grief. Some even doubted that this would ever take place. There were a million emotions that were taking place in the people of that day. But I suppose none doubted more and a man named Thomas we know Thomas as the doubter doubting Thomas that's his name we don't even say Thomas it's always doubting Thomas Thomas he was a doubter but he was also loyal he was also faithful to God he was courageous and he was bold and brave there was a situation in the Bible where Jesus wanted to go to Jerusalem and his life was threatened. For him to go to Jerusalem would be putting himself in harm's way. And the disciples tried to discourage Jesus. Don't go. But you know what Thomas said? Let's go. And if need be, we will die with Jesus. That's Thomas. But Thomas, the reason, reason, one of the reasons I, I, I like Thomas is either he's all in or he's not in at all. You know what Jesus says about the lukewarmness of people? (laughs) Not a good thing. I want you to be hot or cold, but not riding the fence. Thomas was one of those who was either hot or cold. He's either saying, listen, we're going to go, and if we have to die with Jesus in Jerusalem, we will die with Jesus. And in the next breath, he says, I will not believe. I will not believe in Jesus unless I see him for myself. Thomas is a guy who's all either all in or he's not in at all. I've chosen John's gospel for the reading this morning because it's only John's gospel that includes Thomas. None of the other gospel writers speak of Thomas except here in John chapter 20. So I want to read the resurrection story, but I really want to focus on Thomas this morning. John chapter 20 starting at verse 1. Early on the first day of the week while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, she went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. See, one of the theories was that the body of Jesus was stolen, and Mary thinks it was. So Peter and the other disciple, they started for the tomb. Both were running for the tomb. But the other disciple outran Peter. And reached the tomb first. He bent over, he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him. By the way, this is most likely John, the other apostle. Then Peter came along behind him, and he went straight into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary, outside the tomb, crying as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been one at the head and the other at the foot they asked her woman why are you crying they have taken my Lord away she said and I don't know where they have put him at this she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there but she did not realize that it was Jesus He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Jesus appeared to many on that first day. This is that first Easter. This is the day of resurrection. It says early in the morning he appears to Mary Magdalene. Uh, We know from other accounts that he also appeared to two other women early in the morning. At midday, according to Luke's gospel, Jesus appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and also to Peter in Jerusalem. But in the evening of that first day, he then appears to the disciples in a locked room. Look at verse 19. It says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood, that, stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, So in the morning, he appears to a few ladies. At noon, Jesus appears to a few men. But now in the evening, the disciples are in this house. And the Bible says they're in a room with a locked door. You see, Jesus has just died on the cross. He was just crucified in a horrible manner. And the disciples, as his followers are thinking... Maybe we'll be next. If we get out in public and someone sees us, recognizes us as the followers of Jesus, maybe we'll end up on a cross as well. So they're scared to death. They lock themselves in this room. They're on Calvary, on that hill, the disciples they scattered. Now they've come together but they're hiding. And all of a sudden, Jesus in his resurrected and glorified body, he supernaturally enters this room. He gives the normal greeting, peace be with you. And then he shows them, these disciples, his hands, the nail prints. He shows them his side. Where the soldier, after Jesus had died, thrust it in his side. And the Bible says that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. But you know there was a couple disciples missing on this night in this room. We know Judas wasn't there. Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus. So that leaves eleven but we're going to read in just a moment that Thomas wasn't there either. There were only 10. Where was Thomas? No one knows for sure why he wasn't with the others. Some suggest that, you know, we all grieve our own way. Jesus has just died. They walked with Jesus for three years. Some people like to grieve surrounded by people. They find comfort in others. Some suggest Thomas was a bit of a loner. He really didn't want to be around the disciples right now. That he was really emotionally torn when Jesus died. But for one reason or another, Thomas was not here. The disciples were overjoyed to be able to see Jesus. Let's keep reading. Look at verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, which actually means twin, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas says to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I will not believe. The first point this morning is there's a problem with not believing there's a problem with not believing ten men ten of thomas's friends disciples gave witness to the fact that they saw jesus and thomas says unless i see him unless i touch him i refuse to believe there's a word in greek it's the word pistos. P-I-S-T-O-S, and it's the word for faith, to believe. The words that's used here, when Thomas says, I will not believe, it's the word "Ah, apistos. You put an A or an alpha before pistos, and it's not faith, but no faith. And then you have also in this verse, and it's not in the English, a double negative. And what Thomas is saying is, I will in no way will I have faith that Jesus is alive. I will stand firm upon that unless I see and unless I touch. This is strong language. This goes beyond doubt. I suppose these other disciples, they must have had a bit of doubt in their own minds. It even says in the text I read that, you know, they weren't quite sure yet, according to Scripture, whether Jesus was alive. And that's why Jesus came, to show himself to them. But none of the other disciples, do we read, said, we will not believe. Oh, well, they had their faith, but help my unbelief. Faith is never something that's perfect. But Thomas doesn't say, you know, I, I have a few doubts here, or, you know, I'm I having a little bit of trouble accepting this. He says, unless I see, unless I touch, I will not believe. You know, it's a dangerous thing to not believe in Jesus. And it's a dangerous thing to come before God and say, God, here's what I want you to do on my terms. (laughs) That's not a good thing. God calls the shots. God calls the terms. But Thomas is saying, listen, unless, God, you do this for me, then I'm not believing. I will not believe. I will have no faith unless I see and touch. Let's read on. It says in verse 26, now a week later, a week later, the following Sunday, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas now was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and he stood among them. And this is what he said, peace be with you. Kind of deja vu, same thing going on here. But then, verse 27, he said to Thomas, put your finger here see my hands reach out your hand and put it into my side stop doubting and start to believe on the evening of resurrection day thomas was missing one week later the disciples they're still hiding they're still in this locked room But now Thomas is among them. Last week we spoke of Jesus being omniscient, that he knows all things. I believe Jesus knew exactly what Thomas was struggling with. He knew what Thomas said to the disciples. He knew all of this because he comes into this room and now there's 11 Supernaturally, The doors are closed. He gives the same greeting to all 11. Peace be with you. And then he turns directly, immediately to Thomas. And he starts to address the issues and problems that Thomas has with the resurrection. He looks right at Thomas and says, look at my hands. Thomas, take your finger. Take your finger and put it, put it right here right in the nail prints. Thomas, take your hand. Thrust it into my side, Thomas. Now, Thomas, stop doubting and start believing. Thomas demanded proof. And here it is. Here it is. Jesus came to give him the proof he was looking for. It's interesting, Jesus didn't scold him, He didn't rebuke him but he made the evidence clear he did what he did to the disciples earlier and now he says to thomas stop doubting and start believing you know I, i said earlier you know it's a dangerous thing to start coming to god on your terms and saying god if you do this then i'll do this but if you don't do this for me then i'm not doing this for you I wonder why Jesus came why would Jesus cave in to the demands of Thomas why would Jesus after Thomas is so unreasonable so hard-headed so skeptical why would Jesus come to him and do what he asked for and the word I thought of was the word mercy mercy. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Thomas didn't deserve Jesus to come another trip just for him, and I think this is why Jesus came. The disciples, they already saw Jesus, except for Thomas. I think he's coming for Thomas this day. It's all about him, but Jesus was showing mercy. Thomas didn't get what he deserved, for Jesus to show this proof after he absolutely refused to believe. But I'm certainly glad Jesus showed him mercy because that says to me that Jesus will show me mercy as well, and you. You know, we read in the book of Titus, in Titus chapter 3 and verse 12, verse 3 and verse 5, just listen. Titus says he saved us not because of righteous things that we have done, But because of his mercy, he has saved us. Why would God come to us? Why would God send his son to die for us? Because of his mercy. We don't deserve salvation. None of us do. The Bible says we're to be condemned if we don't believe. We read that verse last week. It says, For God, He so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son. And if you believe in Him, you get eternal life. But if you don't believe, you're condemned already. That's what we deserve. We deserve the wrath of God. We have sinned against a holy God. But in His mercy, not giving us what we deserve, He came and He sent Jesus. And then he says to Thomas, I want you to stop doubting now, and I want you to start believing. Stop doubting and start believing. Remember that little word pistos? What happens when you put an A or alpha in front of it? Ah, pistos. Pistas? faith. Ah, pistas? no faith. Jesus is using those words here. He says, stop being a person with no faith and start being a man of faith. Stop being an unbeliever and start becoming a believer. You have now seen my hands and my side. And notice Thomas's confession of faith, verse 28. Thomas then says to him, my Lord and my God. This is the response when Jesus says, stop doubting and believe. Thomas says, you now are my Lord and And you are my God. What an amazing proclamation using the possessive mine. You are my Lord. You are my sovereign. You are my master. And you are my God. You are my almighty, omnipotent one. Thomas is ascribing deity to Jesus. He is affirming the very words of John in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. And the word was God. This is the word of God standing before Thomas. And Thomas recognizes the deity, the divinity of who he's standing before. You are my Lord, you are my sovereign, and you are my God. Thomas might have been a little slower to come to faith. He might have been a little slower than the other disciples. But when he did, His faith in this proclamation went beyond the others in this language that's expressed. You see, when Thomas is all in, he's all in. He wasn't always in. I'm not going to believe, but when he's in, he's in. Thomas is on fire now. You know, back in Romans chapter 10, it's interesting how similar... Paul's words are to the declaration of Thomas. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, we read this if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And not that what Thomas just said? Jesus, you are my Lord and my God. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and that what Thomas is believing? He just believed that Jesus is alive, you will be saved. You see, that's the command that is given to us this morning, that we too are to believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and believe that he truly is the son of the living God and you will be saved. That's what Thomas, he's ascribing deity to Jesus He's believing in this bedrock truth of the resurrection. He has an inward faith. My Lord and my God. You know, the reason John even wrote this book, including, of course, this chapter, is found right here in verse 30 of chapter 20. It says, Jesus, he performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not even recorded in this book but these are written that you may what? Believe. I didn't record everything that Jesus did, but I'm recording just certain miracles. I'm just recording certain things that will help you believe, the readers believe, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. John's whole thrust in writing this book Is evangelical. He didn't include everything Jesus did, just the things he felt would bring people to saving faith. And then notice the result in verse 29. Then Jesus tells Thomas, Believe, uh, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus is giving Thomas a word of approval. You've seen me, and now you have believed, Thomas. I don't think he's rebuking. I don't think this is some kind of a comparison that, you know, Thomas, you had to see me to believe, and the rest who don't see, they're going to be more blessed than. I don't think that's what's going on here. He's approving his belief, but it's gone further than that. It's looking out into the future. It's looking out to those who will not see Jesus. But they still will believe. You know, it's not that important how you get to the place of faith. We all take different journeys, don't we? We're all on a path to that place where we get faith to put our faith in Jesus. Thomas had to see. I suppose some of the ones earlier believed Mary Magdalene. Maybe she had friends that she shared and said, we saw Jesus and they believed. Maybe that was their path. They didn't have to see. I, I know we often go to the Gideon banquets, and um, it's a pastoral appreciation banquet, and it's always enjoyable Enjoyable because there's always um, a, a testimony given where someone picked up a Gideon Bible, whether it be in a hospital or um, in a motel room, and they started to read through, and they found faith by reading that Bible. I was reading a story about Lee Strobel. Uh, Lee Strobel had an interesting path to faith. He was a devout atheist, and he set out to disprove The faith of his fiance in the resurrection. And after extensive research, he came to the conclusion that there was a resurrection and actually came to faith himself in Christ. Some of you maybe came to faith as a result of the pulpit ministry or teaching ministry. I know I've heard from some of you say, you know, that sermon you preached way, you know, that's when I gave my life to Jesus it's not as important how we get to that place of faith but that we get there Thomas had to see you don't see this morning but you need to come to that place where you put your faith in Jesus there's only one faith there's only one Jesus there's only one way to get to God and that's through Jesus Maybe this morning you're a doubter. You know, maybe you are a bit skeptical about all these things. You're not quite sure about you know, the resurrection of Jesus. You're not sure that he really came back to life. I mean, is that really possible? I, I hope that you saw evidence this morning. I hope that in the teaching of John chapter 20, seeing Jesus come to those to show that he's alive, that through this, some of your doubt, some of your skepticism has faded, that you're beginning to see that Jesus, he really is alive. But you still have to make the decision to put your faith in Christ. You know, I might say to you, I I believe in my wife. Is that the same as saying, I believe that I have a wife? It's not, is it? I mean, here's the evidence. You know, she's sitting here this morning. But to say, I believe in my wife, it's saying, I trust her. You know, when we say believe in Jesus, it's more than a head knowledge. You know, James tells us that, you know, it's a good thing to believe in God. But the demons, they also believe in God. Do you think the devil believes in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus? Of course he does. Is he saved? No. There's a difference between just believing this stuff about Jesus and really committing yourself and trusting and putting your faith in Jesus to forgive you of your sins. See, I don't want you to leave here today just saying, Yeah, I heard all that before. I believe those things he said about Jesus. There's another step. You know, someone used the illustration of a chair. You look at the chair and you say, I believe that chair will support me. I trust in that chair. But until you get on that chair and sit on it, (laughs) have you really trusted it? You believe things about this chair. Have you in your heart of hearts, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? I'm not asking if you believe this stuff about Jesus. But have you yourself, have you done business with God? Have you come before Almighty God and you repented of your sins knowing that Jesus can forgive you and you trusted him with your heart? not just in your head, but in your heart. See, Romans 10, 9 says, believe him in your heart. It's a trust, it's a commitment, it's a a faith you put in him. Because I believe a lot of times people say, well, you know, I, I get that, I understand that. But haven't made that true commitment to repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your life and to save you. I want you to close your eyes, would you please? Just close your eyes for a minute. I I would think that we would all would believe to some degree. Jesus died, he was buried, he rose again. The evidence is clear when we look at John chapter 20, that Jesus is alive today. But my question to you is this. Have you trusted Jesus to save you? Maybe you've never done that. I'm challenging you this morning. I am challenging you this morning to say, God, I repent of my sins. I have sinned against you being a holy God. And I see that Jesus, he is the only way for me to come into a a relationship with you. In my heart this morning, the best I know how, I am trusting, I am putting my faith in Jesus I believe the testimony of the scriptures. I believe what I heard this morning. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the word of God. You heard this morning the word of God. Will you put your faith this morning in Jesus to save you personally from your sins? It's not a specific prayer. It's not something you do. But I believe there are two steps. You, You ask God to forgive you. There is the idea of repentance in this. But it's trusting. It's believing. As Thomas, it's really believing that Jesus died for you and asking to come in to your life and save you. Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you this morning. Father, for the scriptures. It's the scriptures, Lord, that teach us of salvation. It's the scriptures, Lord, that teach us how to become a child of yours. Father, my prayer has been that no one leaves this place this morning on this day of Easter without knowing in their heart that they have trusted and accepted Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. Father, your spirit, I believe, is working and convicting. Father, don't stop until you bring that soul into your family. I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you take your hymn books? We're gonna have communion in just a couple of moments. I serve a risen savior, hymn number 158. Hymn number 158. I serve a risen savior, he's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always there, always near. Let's stand, we'll take a little break uh, on your feet, and then we'll have our time of communion. I serve a risen
3: Saviour in the world today. I know that He is live, whatever man may say. I see His hand of mercy, hear His voice of cheer. It's the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today with me and talks with me a long life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to Is leading through all the stormy blast, day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he, Christ Jesus lives today. Up your voice and sing eternal hallelujahs. The King, the hope of all, seeks Him, the help of all who find. The other is so loving, so good and kind. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me A Long life's narrow way. He lives, he lives salvation. <laughs> you ask me how I
0: Thank you. You may be seated. This time of communion is a remembrance. It's a time when we remember our Savior, as we uh, looked at on Good Friday. Uh, to remember our Savior, to remember what Jesus did for us. Uh, not just the resurrection, not just coming back to life again, but the Bible says that he was crucified, he was buried, and he rose the third day. So this is a remembrance of his death a of, remembrance of him on that cross. Uh, the bread represents his body, the body that was broken, the body that was wounded. And the cup represents his blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There is no forgiveness of sins apart from the f- blood of Jesus. So in just a few moments, men will join me at the front of the church And we'll begin by sharing with you the bread. Please hold that bread until everyone has been served. And then when the men join me again at the front of the church, we'll eat the bread together. And the same with the cup. You know, this is a time of rejoicing. To rejoice in the fact that God, by his mercy, he has saved us. That he has given us new life. Life in Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. So I'm going to invite the men to come and join me at the front of the church. We're going to start with the bread, as I said, and um, you hold the bread until everyone has received it. And until the men join me again at the front of the church and then we'll, we'll eat the bread together. Father, we thank you so much for our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, this one who became flesh to dwell among us. We thank you, Lord, for his willingness to go to the old rugged cross, to die in our place. Father, we thank you for loving us that much that you would allow him to do this. In Jesus' name.
2: Amen. Your only son No sin to hide But you have said him from your side to walk upon this guilty soil and to become the left. Precious blood, my Jesus Christ, the name.
0: It's the bread that represents the body of Jesus. As we eat this bread, let's, let's think of his body. Let's eat together. Father, we thank you also for sending your son to forgive us of our sins. Lord, this cup represents his blood that's spilled to the ground, the blood from his hands and from his side. Father, we thank you again that you loved us in that way, that you would allow Jesus to go through this kind of suffering on our behalf. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: I was so lost, I should have died. But you have brought me to your side to be led by your staff and rod. To be called the Lamb of God, oh Lamb of God, sweet Lamb. Of God. Jesus Christ, the Lamb. Or yes, For the strong, the King of Glory poured out. Victorious are we.
0: Bible says as Jesus reclined at the table, he took the cup and then he gave it to them and said, drink ye all of it. Let's drink together. I pray, the choir is going to uh, get up to their uh, positions, and you men, you can be seated. Um, so let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for all that you have done for us. Lord, your grace is marvelous. It's an amazing thing to think that, Father, by grace alone, we are saved. Through faith, but not something we do, not something we earn. But Father, it's something that you freely give to us. Father, we thank you so much for the person of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God's people said? Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Happy Easter.